Right, let's turn to the first part of today's 123 show. And our intern, Abe Venkiti Raman, talks to the co founder of NGO Chinese as an Additional Language in Hong Kong, Maggie Holmes, along with parent Saeed Aga, about the struggles of non Chinese speaking students within the local education system. Chinese. By far, it's the most widely spoken language in Hong Kong, and fluency in it is crucial when it comes to being an active participant in society. Despite this reality, thousands of students within the local education system who are from non-Chinese-speaking backgrounds are faced with a dearth of opportunities, resources, and support in their endeavor to learn Chinese, putting them at a perennial disadvantage. Why is this the case? What impact does it have? What can we do about it? To answer these questions, I talked to Maggie Holmes, co-founder of the NGO Chinese as an Additional Language Hong Kong, and Syed Aga, a father of two non-Chinese speaking students, alongside his son Omar. To start things off, I asked Maggie to summarize the issues that plague ethnic minority students in the city. I think for a start, it's not necessarily very helpful to imagine that all ethnic minorities are somehow the same. So there's a huge difference, for example, between the needs and the learning outcomes of students from ethnic minority families who go to a Chinese medium of instruction kindergarten and then continue through the Chinese medium of instruction local school system. Mm-hmm. I mean, often these children come out speaking really great, really fluent Cantonese, but unfortunately they may sort of fail pretty much everything because they haven't had enough support in reading and writing, which can affect their learning outcomes for everything, really, for maths, for you know science, everything. On the other hand, perhaps at the other extreme, we have children who've gone through the English medium of instruction local school system. Now, they may only have a few hours, really, of Chinese a week. They may not have very much contact with local Chinese people. And they're sort of taught Chinese, they're taught standard written Chinese in Cantonese. So very often, they really can't speak Cantonese, even simple Cantonese, very well at all. So, you know, these are two very different categories of learner profiles. And and yet, of course, there are, if you did a Venn, Venn diagram of the two groups, there are some commonalities between the two. But, you know, we have to be really careful about just lumping all ethnic minorities together and saying that, oh, somehow they're all the same. And yet, I suppose the, the one thing that unites them all is a lack of appropriate support, a lack of suitable teaching materials. Could you just elaborate a bit on how that dearth of support manifests? If you imagine children going through the CMI, Chinese Medium of Instruction School system, I don't think they get any support, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, OK, they might have 45 minutes after school where they go over, over the same things over and over again. But, you know, they need a huge amount of support with vocabulary. And generally, they don't have any, really. I mean, so it would be just so helpful, I think, if somebody could give them some targeted support with their textbooks. I mean, the local school system is extremely textbook-driven. Mm-hmm. Having discussed the fact that NCS students are plagued 
by a lack of support and resources. I asked Maggie Holmes whether the government was doing anything to improve the situation. So I think EDB has done some fabulous work really in the last few years in recognising that we have an issue and providing a lot of funding to to deal with it. So, I mean, schools can get somewhere between 50,000 Hong Kong dollars up to 1.5 million a year, depending on how many students they've got and depending whether they're kindergarten or, you know, primary or whatever. So they're putting a lot of money into it. But how's that money going to be used? You know, that's where the problem lies, that schools can simply use the money to get another teacher. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we know that sometimes those teachers are just used for other things. But also, what are the teachers going to do with their time? What resources do they have? What training do they have? Money is great on the one hand, but we really need standardised resources and help. Now, there is the learning framework, and some resources have been made in conjunction with that, but I haven't taken a good enough look at them to know how effective they are. And I don't think that anybody has ever properly assessed them and assessed the learning outcomes in the schools that have been using them. So vis-a-vis these resources, have things been getting better over the past few years or has there been a sort of stagnation? A few years ago, we did some research into the resources that were available to kindergartens here and there weren't really any resources available and even with the funding that the kindergartens had, they didn't know how to purchase those resources. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward three or four years and the situation is still the same, that a few charities have got resources in the pipeline, but these resources are still only available to kindergartens that are participating in their projects. And... I think we really need to quickly get some basic resources into the kindergartens, particularly for the reading and for the writing, really, particularly for the writing. It's actually not that difficult to teach, to support young children learning Chinese writing. It's just a matter of copying. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be that difficult. Let's get something out into all the kindergartens quickly and we can adapt if necessary. I think speed is of the essence here. Every year we have around 4,000 children from non-Chinese speaking families joining local kindergartens and there's still no resources to support them. Not only is state support inadequate when it comes to Chinese language education, but government assistance is unavailable in another crucial area, the tackling of racial discrimination. Syed Aga recounts the racist and degrading treatment that he and his son Omar faced at his local school, and how government agencies did little to nothing to address it. It started with with my daughter. She is uh, 12 year old. We really wanted our kids to learn Chinese because they are growing up here. They, they see their life in Hong Kong. So we put her in a Chinese uh, stream. She continued with her education, completed her kindergarten. And then it was time for my son to go to the same kindergarten. They, they have three-year age difference, roughly. A very same kindergarten uh, refused to give admission to my son because now they had a requirement that the child should speak Chinese and the interview would be in Chinese. I forced them that no, because the teachers, everyone know my daughter and she, she did very well in Chinese. But they said, now we have changed uh, the system. If your child doesn't speak Chinese, 
you can't apply here you should apply somewhere else and then i actually had to argue with them that no i, I am going to apply and you have to accept my application which they did um, but uh, during the time of interview they started asking questions in chinese and he had no idea about chinese he didn't speak any chinese at all he was just a young kid and it was sort of uh, you can say group interview with there were other parents other kids i think four five other parents four five other kids so other kids immediately started reacting to the instructions they received but umar was confused he he didn't understand what the teacher was asking i requested the teacher to give him some hints about what you want him to do uh, in Ch in english and during the interview right there in front of all the teachers uh, all the parents student they started shouting at me that we already told you not to apply here if you don't speak chinese you still didn't listen to us you applied so now we can't do anything and it was very bad experience if you say it that way and not not just that at that time i called education bureau i called equal opportunities commission they they refused to do anything uh, edb said that this basically just the schools that who decide how to do it edb said that language is not covered and under any discrimination and they can't do anything so finally umar got in a school where they had i do not know if they still have it that way but they have different classroom based on the race one classroom for chinese one classroom for non chinese so non chinese and chinese had no interaction between them so this is how it started and umar really disliked going to that school both maggie homes and said aga noted that this broken system takes a major toll on non chinese speaking students outside of the classroom and that it could potentially haunt them for the rest of their lives so basically the teachers are only focused in in giving an assignment and getting it back completed they do not understand that the child needs help he he has special needs in terms of learning chinese the same thing happened with my daughter also so if one day she could not complete her homework for chinese homework and uh, the teacher wouldn't bother asking her why you couldn't do it do you need help can i help you is there something that you don't understand she would just take her assignment book put a black mark on this as homework not submitted so much so it it, it had so much stress uh, it gave so much stress to muniba my daughter that she would not show me her assignment book thinking that this is her mistake while i i told her that this is not your mistake if you do not understand something if you are not learning chinese you tell us we will deal with it and don't worry if teacher is putting anything on your assignment book but she was still worried and she was still hiding from us that she she had this problem sometimes she doesn't want to go to school so i had to go to the school and literally beg in front of a teacher not to give her a black mark and still try to help muniba teacher was just like i don't care she has to do her homework so finally i had to put uh, a label on on muniba's uh, uh, handbook and i wrote there that you are not allowed to put any black marks in this notebook for chinese if you have any problem you better help her so after that they'd stopped giving her black marks for not doing her homework but by that time uh, it has already taken its toll muniva had depression she is now undergoing treatment for depression i think increasingly if you don't have high levels of chinese proficiency in hong kong it's harder to get decent jobs even 
if you go to university now. Mm -hmm. It used to be the case that kids that went overseas to university, for example, could come back and land fairly good jobs in Hong Kong, graduate entry-level jobs. I think that's really not the case anymore. Even for people that are going overseas, they come back to Hong Kong, going to struggle to get decent jobs if they haven't got pretty high levels of either Mandarin or Cantonese. So it's really important, right, that children learn Chinese well. Where the state is failing, NGOs are stepping in to provide a helping hand to NCS families. So to wrap things up, I asked Maggie Holmes about the work that her organization, Chinese as an Additional Language Hong Kong, is doing to aid non-Chinese speaking students. We're a small organization and we're all volunteers. So there's a limit to what we can do, frankly. But we're trying to have a website where, for a start, you have some resources that parents can go and if they've put their kids in kindergarten, they can find Chinese songs in Cantonese, they can find suitable Chinese cartoons in Cantonese mm -hmm. and worksheets for the basic foundational characters. We have the textbook support materials. We have some information on the things you might you need to consider before your child goes to kindergarten. Some parents, for example, don't know they need to find out, is this full-on CMI kindergarten? Some kindergartens will call themselves bilingual, but really you're not going to get enough Chinese out of that kindergarten to go through to CMI primary school. Parents don't know all this stuff. So we're trying to put things together in one place. We're also trying to do positive research in collaboration with the universities to push for research which will test out positive evidence-based strategies that will genuinely help children who are from non-Chinese speaking families and they're in the local school system. We have plenty of research now which shows what all their problems are. Uh -huh. Now we want research which shows what can be done to help these children. And we're also trying to do some parent outreach. So, of course, we've been very limited last year because of COVID and everything. But, you know, we have done Zoom sessions for parents and we want to do more of that. We would like to work with schools as well to test out some of the things like, you know, using flashcards, for example, using our textbook support materials, how can we make them better? Um, we would like to reach out and do more with parents and schools in that respect. After hearing from Maggie Holmes and Saeed Aga, I am more aware than ever of how flawed Chinese language education is within our local school system. To put it bluntly, it is a system that sets up non-Chinese speaking students to fail. And it's clear that it perpetuates prevailing socioeconomic inequalities within our society. It is imperative that our government seeks out every avenue to provide targeted aid and assistance to ethnic minority families so that we can level the playing field in Hong Kong. Many thanks once again to you, Abe Venkatiraman, for your feature speaking to Saeed Aga and also Maggie Holmes. Many thanks indeed to all our guests today.